Hi, hello, how are you doing? Welcome to episode 004 of the Travel Now podcast. If you're looking for inspiration for your next adventure, money-saving ways to book, and if you want to know how to get the most out of your time away, then this is the podcast for you. This is the Travel Now podcast. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for tuning in. I'm liking, actually, how I've been saying episode 004. I do think that's optimistic. I want to keep this optimism going, you know, vibe with me on this optimism. That means I could get up to 999 episodes in about four years or longer. No, (laughs) much longer than that. Much longer than that. So welcome. Thank you for joining me again. I really do appreciate that. I say that every single episode, but I do. I know what it's like when you're on your your, uh, podcast provider, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or whatever. There's so much on there, isn't there? There's so much noise that just tuning in and spending a bit of time with me I really I really appreciate that also obviously this is one of the first episodes of the podcast I know these things take a long time to uh, to sort of get going and I am thrilled that you're joining me right here I really really am by way of introduction if this is the first podcast you've ever listened to my name is Luke Luke Richardson hello how are you I'm an author of thriller novels and I have to confess a complete travel addict uh, my books, my novels uh, are all about travel. They're all set in different places. Um, I read about travel. I read books set in travel about, about travel. I read uh, novels with interesting settings and all these sorts of things. And I plan my adventures. And hopefully at some point in the future, I'll actually be able to go on some at some point too. <laughs> we'll see. I am going to do, but on that note, a couple of episodes uh, about my writing, about my novels and, and the places that they're set at some point coming up. So keep your keep your ears out for them. So this is episode number four of the podcast um, and today it is. Be, I'm going to be talking about a place that I have been. I'm talking about the Caribbean beyond the resort. Last episode, episode three, we had Jason from the Nomad um, Experiment. He was talking about going to Mexico or a trip to Mexico and that's the idea of this podcast is every single one I'm going to take you to a different place it might be just a place that I've been so I'll be talking about it from my personal experience it might be someone else um, talking about a place that they've been maybe I'll, I'll interview someone who's been to the same place as me and we'll compare it and at some point My absolute dream is to visit the place and record the podcast live while I'm there. So maybe I'll be sitting on the beach in the Caribbean telling you all about it or I'll be walking down Broadway uh, in New York or or, or, or down Marine Drive in Mumbai or across the Sydney Harbour Bridge or whatever it might be. (laughs) The world is literally my podcasting oyster. That's the way I'm thinking about it. But the whole idea of this podcast is to show you how many exciting things there are out there. Okay, so I want to inspire you to look beyond the places you've been already. And I'm sure I'm sort of pushing on an open door at the moment because you're you're listening to this podcast. You're obviously interested in it. I'm also going to help you get the most out of that precious time away and help you plan and book that adventure. That's a really important thing. Plan and book that adventure. Actually take those steps to doing the blooming thing. (laughs) Right, so today I'm talking about the Caribbean beyond the resort. 
This podcast is sponsored by Bucketlist, where this episode actually started life as a blog post. Using the Bucketlist website, you can turn your bucket list into a unique list of adventures just for you, your bucket list. And most importantly, turn those adventures into reality when you book with discounts. Bucketlist.co. So in today's episode, I'm talking about the Caribbean beyond the resort. Now, the Caribbean has always been somewhere I've loved the idea of travelling to. Just the sort of the culture, the beaches, the sunshine, the easygoing nature of the places or, or the the impression that you get of the easygoing natures of the places. So when my brother announced that he was going to get married on the island of St Lucia a few years back, I jumped at the chance to go. I'd already travelled at that point across quite a lot of Asia, India, China, Southeast Asia. So the Caribbean for me was a totally new part of the world to go. But in in that way, it was very different. A week later, he sent uh, the link to the all-inclusive resort they booked into for the wedding. And it was beautiful, stunning. Palm trees, sand, cocktails, a swim-up bar, sun loungers. Then I saw the price of this and I am completely a budget traveller. You know, I would rather go for a month and stay in a, in a dormitory, you know, <laughs> sleep on the beach than go for a week and stay in a nice hotel, generally speaking. You know, I love walking through and getting lost in sort of sprawling, filthy cities. I love watching the countries roll past the bus windows or eating samosas by the side of the road, you know. But obviously, for a, for a family wedding, you've got to do these things. So I smashed out the cost of like, you know, uh, a month in India for sort of five nights in this really beautiful hotel. And then went about how to, went about sort of planning how I could super budget the rest of the trip to make it work. So I was staying in the, in the, in the five star hotel for four, for four nights or five nights, sorry. And I wanted to stay for four weeks in total. I have to say, the the hotel itself and the resort was fantastic. And my point of this part, this this episode, is not to hate on on hotel resorts at all. You know, I had a great time. It was my first proper experience of doing the all inclusive thing. I would definitely do it again. Um, the staff there were brilliant. The food was excellent. There were beer on tap all day and all night, which I absolutely loved. But I do have to say, and I do have to think, and uh, whether you disagree with me or agree with me, that's absolutely fine. But a lot of the people there on that resort flew into St Lucia, got the bus into the resort, stayed there for two weeks and then flew back to wherever they came from. And I think that's a real shame. If I'd have done that, I'd have felt really sort of that I'd missed something. So I will definitely do these five star resorts again, but I will always do them or, or try to always do them as part of a larger holiday, as part of a larger trip, you know, as part of uh, as part of something where I'm also seeing um, where I'm also sort of seeing the world that that exists outside of those of that perimeter fence of the resort. There's a few ways I did that on this trip. And that's what I want to sort of talk to you about. I'm saying, look, this is brilliant. Let's do those five star things. But let's also Sort of we we can we can make that holiday we can make that trip a bit a bit more a bit more rich a bit longer see some different things by by adding to that and it doesn't always have to be expensive. 
one of the ways that I that I made that trip longer for a really good budget is I stayed with some locals, some local people. I did this using Airbnb, which I've used many, many times. I've used it all over the world. And after a, so- a short search on this app, I found a family who lived in the hills above Castries, which was the town where the resort was, that their house was actually probably about a mile and a half from the resort that we were staying on. And I stayed with them for four or five nights. And I tell you what, when I got there, the place, the house was absolutely beautiful. It was up up in the hills above the above the town. And you could sort of look down over Castries, the, 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 the town on one side and the vast expanse of the Caribbean Sea on the other side. And these people I stayed with were brilliant. They were used to sort of hosting tourists. They were very well set up for that. They explained to me how the bus service worked, which was this great little service of beat-up minibuses, which always played really loud music, were always massively full of people. Um, but you could get anywhere on the island for sort of a couple of dollars. And in fact, I did this a couple of times. I Instead of getting the hotel transfers that were sort of $50 per person, I got the local bus for about two. <laughs> which is always a great tip to save a little bit of money, never pay for transfers from the hotel. I tell you what, it wasn't always comfortable. There's as many passengers as possible crammed into this far from luxurious tiny little minibus. But I don't think that's the point. I'm absolutely fine with that. It also allowed me to explore Castries itself, which is a great little vibrant town based around a thriving port. And it's, it's, a, it's an interesting place because it's, it's quite a small town. But it's just got this massive sort of harbour where giant ships will come in, which sort of dwarf the town itself. So every couple of days you'll get a cruise ship come in, which must have thousands and thousands of people on it, you know, 12 storeys high or whatever, against this tiny little town that has no buildings bigger than about three storeys high. And there's big old um, freighters being loaded from with bananas and other fruit that grow on the island as well. So it's a real vibrant, vibrant place. People sort of pile off these cruise ships, tour the island for a couple of hours and then pile back on again in the way tourists work. And the family I stayed with also recommended um, the, the street party up at Gros which is an island on the, uh, uh, sorry, a, a town on the north of St Lucia, right at the top. And she said to me, if this is your vibe, you've got to go. And this lady who I was staying with, she, um, she, was, she was from London originally. I think she must have been... Uh, had family in St Lucia or grew up there or something but uh, there was a picture of the of the Notting Hill Carnival which is which is a street party that takes place in London on the wall of her front room and I, I recognised it because I've been a couple of times and I was like yeah it's a Notting Hill um, and she said you know if you like that you really need to go to the to, to the um, St Lucia street party every single Friday and I just I thought yes absolutely I tell you what those St Lucia's know how to party. They really, really do. This village essentially is a village, closes off one street, like the main street, every Friday. Um, they close off one street. They bring this truck with speakers sort of piled on the back and a DJ, and they just play in loud music until three, four, five o'clock in the morning. It was brilliant. It was two days before the wedding as well, so I thought, you know what? I've got time to recover. Had it been the day before... Maybe I'd have been a bit more anxious about that. (laughs) But the bus on the way, the bus on the way to the street party was an experience in itself. It stopped at various resorts along the coast, picking up groups of hotel workers on the way to the party. By the time we got to the party, the bus was absolutely bouncing. (laughs) 
<laughs> the driver had the music on really loud. It was absolutely bouncing, you know. Yeah, and I remember turning the corner, just looking down the central street of, of this tiny little town, all closed off, the speakers on the truck at the end, people set up stores all the way down selling a rum punch or barbecuing meat or selling other food and drinks and whatever. Yeah, it was brilliant. The rum punch flowed to this bone-shaking sound system. I left about 4am because I was aware that, you know, the day after tomorrow it was my brother's wedding and we had things to do. But the party was still going strong at that time. I actually made that scene, actually made it into my um, into my novel New York because my main characters there were there for the start of the, the start of the story. It was just such a great part of the holiday of the trip that I never would have realized had I have stayed in the in the resort the whole time you know it was just such a great part of it that I only knew because I met some local people who lived there and they told me about it and for that that's you know that's such a great reason to get out beyond that resort another one of the things I love about travel is finding those tiny little out of the way restaurants and bars that feel like they couldn't exist anywhere else. Do you know what I mean? You go to that tiny little backstreet bar and you're sitting there having a beer or whatever and it just sort of, it's they're just so exciting and interesting that that sort of place exists and they could be anywhere but they're not. They're here and you're there and there's other travellers and other local people all sort of coming together to share food and share a drink there. I've been to places like that in Bangkok or high-rise cocktail bars in Hong Kong. They just seem to embody that city. Do you know what I mean? I had an experience like that in um, one afternoon when I was walking around the market of Castries uh, when I'd sort of, it was before I was staying at the resort, when I was still staying with the family up on the hill. Uh, and Castries itself is just a couple of stalls, really. Uh, just a couple of streets, sorry. And the, these streets was, was sort of the market area. So there were stalls and there were several rum shops which sort of sprawl out onto the road. Uh, and I walked down this tiny little street and stumbled upon this tiny, this, this, this little back street restaurant. And I say restaurant, all it was really is like two plastic tables out in front of a hatch you know, like a window that had been taken out and there was a kitchen in there. And I walked past and the woman shouted out at me in the way that Caribbean women are just so friendly, you know, (laughs) so outgoing. She just shouted hello and I I said, hello, you're right. And and, and we had a conversation and she was telling me about the food she was cooking. And I just had to have it. I just had to have it. But yeah, it was, she she was so insistent I needed to try this Creole fish, which is the style of cooking uh, in that part of the Caribbean, Creole. And it was such a great decision. It was this big steak of barbecued fish, red slaw, this Creole sauce, which is a little bit spicy. And it was just absolutely beautiful. I wish for once I'd taken a picture of my dinner. I'm normally against doing that. I don't do that too often. But at that point, at this point, I wish that I had. I spent the rest of my trip, it was that good. I spent the rest of the trip around the Caribbean looking for a similar dish. And I found a few that came close, but none came up to that first Creole fish at that Backstreet restaurant. And that's funny, isn't it? I think that's funny because later on in the in the trip, I went to some quite expensive restaurants just to try and find this same thing, you know, the same, the same sort of quality. And they were nice, but just not as good. I paid about four times as much, just not as good as this first Creole fish. 
After the wedding then, I um, I spent a couple more days in St Lucia and then I'd already booked to go on to Trinidad and Tobago, which are another pair of islands um, in the Caribbean. And in fairness, actually, I did feel, sort of looking back on it now, that I'd like to have spent a bit longer in St Lucia. It was such a vibrant and energetic and beautiful and exciting place. I, I would have liked to have just spent a little bit longer there. But I, I had booked this before. I'd booked sort of the flights in advance because I know flights can get quite expensive if you book them last minute. Um, and in a way, I did. I, I was a bit regretful of that. So I definitely do need to go back to St Lucia and spend a little bit more time there. But I went to Trinidad and Tobago and they were really good fun as well. Although both islands, and you don't, I'd never realised this before. I suppose I'd never known it. But they're completely different. You put them together because they're the same country, they've got the same government and whatever, but they're, they're completely and utterly different places. Trinidad, as far as Caribbean islands go, is this big, industrial, flat bit of land. Trucks rumble down motorways and there's American burger restaurants on each corner. You know, if you head to the south of the island, that's at the, at the, at the top, at the north, um, if you head to the south of the island, I think it gets more remote, but I didn't get that far. I was... I was intent on catching a boat over to its much sleepier and from what I'd heard cuter little sister Tobago. But this is quite funny. I had a bit of a a bit of a nightmare getting there. I got to the port on Wednesday morning. The the boat always left at 10 o'clock or whatever it was. I got there and, and, and the lady said, no, no, no boats today. It's the captain's day off. So no boats sail between Trinidad and Tobago. And I thought... You know, this is like the main link between these two islands. but uh, And they just have Wednesdays off. They don't have any boats on a Wednesday, you know, because that's the captain's day off. <laughs> I just thought it was brilliant, you know, cursing my European assumptions that something as important as the connection between those two islands would run every day. But, but alas not, I was obviously you know, completely wrong by that. So I got back over to the airport. Unfortunately, I managed to get a seat on the plane an hour later. And for the first time ever, and I was really excited about this, for the first time ever, I got upgraded to business class. Mm-hmm. Business class upgrade. I got on, sat down, got used to my seat, got comfortable, this big leather chair. Brilliant. You know, the person, the, the pilot comes over the, the, the tannoy and says, right, we're taking off now. We'll be there in 18 minutes. <laughs> I thought, brilliant, my first and only maybe chance on business class for an 18-minute flight. (laughs) It was well worth it, though. Again, for my stay in Tobago, I found a little apartment outside um, the hill, outside the the town called Scarborough, which is not to be confused with the English seaside town. (laughs) A brilliant little place it was. And my host was a guy called Marvin. I hope one day he listens to this podcast and... I'll, uh, yeah, reconnect with him. Really good guy. I do intend to go back. I'd love to go and see him again. He picked me up from the airport. And first thing he said to me, if you're looking for any sort of entertainment, get back on the plane. Go, just go. (laughs) You won't get any entertainment here at all. And I thought, perfect. That's brilliant. (laughs) That's exactly what I wanted. You know, I was writing my second novel at the time. I just wanted to get into the writing, reading, walking on the beach, chilling out. That was my plan. And I thought, this is perfect. And Marvin explained on that journey back to back to the house that Tobago ran on island time. 
and he said that means stuff happened whenever anyone could be bothered to get around to doing it. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't rush that. You know, you can't rush Ireland's time. Does it in the way that it does? And I said, for me, that's perfect. I'm happy just to drift through the next few days, doing my writing, chilling out, reading, drinking beer on the balcony in the afternoon. As I looked down over the sea in the distance, it was wonderful. And Tobago was fantastic. I spent a week getting into my writing, reading, walking on the coast. There were a few areas with bars and restaurants and occasionally I stopped in for an afternoon beer or or some food or whatever. But that wasn't really my reason to be there. I drank quite a lot and eaten quite a lot on the all-inclusive the week before, so I was quite satisfied on just being, just relaxing. Uh, But so if you're looking for a place to do some serious chill, Tobago is a good one. And I I will be going back there at some time because I do need a bit of island time. And what I would say about that is I was really cautious, as I told you before, about booking the flights from one place to the next, sorting out that transport beforehand, thinking that I'd save money or it'd be easier. I wouldn't do that next time. I think I'd get my flight to a Caribbean island and I'd work out the rest when I felt like it. Because the planes go all of the time. You know, there's always flights going. There's always ferries going other than Wednesdays from Trinidad and Tobago. (laughs) But even then I managed to get over to the airport and get across. So that was fine. I think I'd... I think if I booked, or when I go back, I will take it on a bit more sort of island time. I will just relax into it a little bit more. And to finish off the trip, I managed to get myself a free weekend in New York. Who doesn't want that, honestly? Who wouldn't want a free weekend in New York? (laughs) No, it wasn't one of those competitions where you automatically win but then have to pay £2,000 to claim it. I don't know if you'd fall for one of those. I don't hope that I wouldn't anyway. But this is one of those travel hacks that I wax lyrical about all of the time. I've done it a number of times over the years. What I I do is I search for the slowest and most laborious flight on somewhere like Skyscanner. I look for those flights that are super cheap because no one wants them. You know, overnight flights with 18 hours in a random airport somewhere en route. And then when I find one, I mess around with the flight parameters so that I actually have a few days in that random place. So I've done this um, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi a few times and in New York and in a couple of places in Europe as well. Often the flight cost remains the same. Sometimes you can get it even cheaper by having those two overnighters. But in this way, I got, you know, two, three days, I think it was, in New York on the way back, which was brilliant. Again, I tapped up Airbnb on the app, found an apartment. I thought this was brilliant. An apartment in Hoboken, which is just across the Hudson River in New Jersey rather than New York, but it's about half an hour on the bus, $40 a night as opposed to spending hundreds of dollars in Manhattan. A little a little research, you know, I found out the bus route was, was easy and ran all day and all night, so that wasn't an issue. But because it's uh, in the next state, across the river, a little further, it's a lot cheaper. I will, I think, at some point do an episode on New York itself, because it's one of those places that I think, if you've not been, you want to go. If you have been, you probably want to go back at some point. It's such a fantastic city, and I had such a great time there, 
too much to say, I think, in this episode because I'm over 20 minutes already. Thank you so much for listening to the Travel Now podcast. It's been brilliant to be able to share these things with you. I'll be back in a few days with the next episode. To get in touch, I'd love to hear from you. I absolutely would. Hello at LukeRichardsonAuthor.com. Hello at LukeRichardsonAuthor.com or on Instagram, Luke Richard. Luke, R-I-C-H-A. For all information about this podcast, our website is thetravelnowpodcast.com. I would absolutely love it if you're interested in subscribing to this podcast, do so. I don't want you to miss anything out. And if you've enjoyed it, if you could leave a review, that would be massively helpful to help other people find it because I want to spread the word about it as far and as wide as possible. This podcast is sponsored by Bucketlist.co. To bring your bucket list alive, head across to the website at Bucketlist.co and turn it into your very own bucket list. Then, when you're ready to make that trip happen, they'll help you book it with discounts. Thanks so much for joining me for the Travel Now podcast today. It's been fantastic to share this with you and I cannot wait to see you again very soon. Safe travels. <laughs>